We have been going through a series. We started last week, uh, and, and we had this cool intro about the game of real life, okay? Uh, how many of you have played the game of life? All right, so, this, so we have some board game players in here, and some people don't like board games, uh, but the game of life is fun. It's one of those no-brainer games, right? It's easy. But there's one thing about the game of life that is just absolutely terrible. And the fact is, when you play the game of life, you have no control. None. Uh, is anyone in here a control freak? You just like to, you like to be in control of things. Like if it's going out of order, it's not your way, you know? Uh, and we like to know what's happening in our lives and have it planned out and done. Listen, in the game of life, you know, you, you spin the thing and you, you move your little car around. You know, you land on the wrong space and you lose your job, you know? Uh, you know, you, you land on one space and you might have twins, unbeknownst to you. You got you to fill your little car up with people. And uh, that's the case with the game of life. It, it is that simply a game. But you know what? The game of real life, when we come to reality, it's... It's no game. It's real. Uh, you know, we, we really deal with stuff in life. You know, job loss is, is a real thing. You know, in the game of real life, I have come to learn at my old age of 31 that uh, life can be hard. Can it? It is not easy. Uh, it may be nice and enjoyable to come in here for a little bit and sing and have a good time together, and that's an enjoyable part of life. But we all have Monday coming, and we have uh, our struggles that are coming. Uh, in the game of real life, you know, there's some things that happen to you. You ever had stuff happen to you? Sometimes it's a circumstance you can't control. Maybe it's a health issue, a diagnosis that you've gotten or somebody in your family has gotten. Maybe you do face job loss. Listen, these are things that happen to us, and we, many times in life, don't have control of that. These bad circumstances, we have financial trouble. Uh, we not only have stuff that happens to us, we do stuff we wish we wouldn't have done. Do you ever do that in the game of life? Man, I made that mistake, you know? We make selfish decisions. We buy things we shouldn't buy sometimes. Many times it gets into our sinful nature. We lust we, you know, we do things we shouldn't have. We drink, we smoke, we get into bad relationships. This is, all happens in real life. Y'all are a living testament to your own bad decisions, and we hate that about ourselves, but we often do things we wish we wouldn't have done. Sometimes in life, people do stuff to us. There are situations of abuse. Verbal abuse, sexual abuse. Maybe you've been lied to. This is all part of real life. People hurt other people. People steal from other people. Do you know why bad things happen to you? Do you know why life is hard? Do you know why you do bad things? It's the same reason why people do bad things to you. You know the answer? It's a three-letter three letter word I'm looking for here. Sin. Sin. You know, our world is full of heartache because of sin. 
sin. The Bible says that Adam and Eve sin and in death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. People die because of sin. People get sick because of sin. People do evil things to other people because of sin. It's found in Romans 5.12. Wherefore, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Listen, we experience the death of loved ones. We experience health diagnosis. All of these terrible things in real life happen, and it's all found in the root of sin. It's all found in the root of sin. But you know what? Today's Baptism Sunday. Do you know what baptism signifies? Baptism is, is exciting. We're going to have some people come up here in just a little bit, and they are going to get in the water, and they're going to go down under the water, and they're going to come up out of the water. And do you know what that signifies? It's all meant to display to you all that in a world cursed by sin, that God stepped in, and he made it possible in this game of real life, God made it possible for us to start a completely new game with a new set of rules. You know, we're going through this life and, and just in the game of life where we don't have control. Sin controls us. Sin takes us on a journey we don't want to go on. Sin happens to us. Sin hurts us. And we're in this constant situation being affected by sin. I want you all to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. This thing is giving me trouble here. Romans chapter 5. Look in verse number 20. The Bible says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Here's the thing. In a world where sin is everywhere, where there's addiction, where there's pornography, where there's lust, where there's stealing, where there's lying, where there's disease and heartache, where the sin is there, the Bible says God's grace much more abounds. Okay, it's the idea that no matter what you've done, no matter what the sin is accomplishing in the world, that God has grace that is bigger than all of it. You get that? And when somebody's getting baptized, it is a declaration to the world that God stepped into their life and they have received that grace, okay? That's what Baptism Sunday is all about. Romans chapter 6 teaches us this, that when we receive Christ, we have opted to start a whole new game. Let me explain that. Listen, we, we're in this game, real life, right? It's not a game, it's reality. But when you receive Jesus as your Savior, it, it's as if he stepped into this sin and he has now taken the sin away. He's given you a new way to be free from the sin. And that's where we're going today. I want to look in Romans Chapter 6, we're going to do a study through Romans chapter 6, uh, through the first several verses here. Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, let's begin reading. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Listen, we used to be living in a world, I'm talking to Christians here, and that's where the letter's written, we used to be living in a world where sin was automatic. 
Sin was who we were. Sin was what was all around us. It was something that was happening to us. And then we met Jesus. And in Romans 5, we saw that where our sin abounded, his grace much more abounded. Every regret that you ever have in your life, everything you wish you wouldn't have done, God's grace is bigger than that. God's grace is enough. In Romans chapter 6, here's three things we're going to learn today. Number one, you are free from your past. You're free from your past. Number two, we're going to see that you've been given a new life to live for God. Number three, we're going to see, even though these two things are true, you have to make a choice. Are you going to live according to that truth or not? If I could entitle the sermon, sticking with this game of life theme, I'm going to call it Make Your Move. Make Your Move. Let's pray. Father, I ask that as we study your word for the next few minutes, God, I'm praying that you would please encourage discouraged hearts today. I pray for those that feel like they are stuck where they are, that they would realize that through you they have freedom from their sin. God, I pray for those of us that are being plagued by our past, that we would take a step today into a new future, to walk in newness of life with you. I pray you'd help us to understand this baptism, and I pray you'd help us to understand what this is all about. God, grant freedom in this room today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get in verse uh, number one here. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? If we know Christ is our Savior and grace covers all of our sins, should we just, just keep on sinning then? No. The Bible says, God forbid. Listen, there is to be a difference after you get saved. There's to be a difference uh, because God forgave us and he set us free from the sin. And we're going to see that. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Look in verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. He asked this question. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church and he says, don't you know that you were baptized into his death. That's an interesting way to say that, right? Up here, we have a water baptism that we're going to see today. And water baptism is simply a representation of the spiritual baptism that's taken place already in, the, in a believer. Baptism, uh, here he's talking about that there is an identification with Christ. Uh, that word talks about being united with Christ. It's, it says we're united with him by baptism into death, and we're also united with him in his resurrection, in his resurrection, buried with him into death. What that means is your old life is over. Your old life is over. Romans 6 verse 5 says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. The, the word planted together, it just simply means closely united. See, when, when you believe on Christ, you get to partake in the fact that he died and he was raised again. 
Because right now we're all alive, right? We're here. I sure hope so. Uh, That would be weird to be sitting next to somebody who's dead. But we're here and we're alive. But when you receive Christ, the Bible says you have spiritually been united with him into his death. It says in the likeness of his death. That what that means is in the same way that Christ died, you are also dead to your sin. Listen to this. Christ died. Like physically, he stopped breathing. There was no more life in his body. It wasn't moving anymore, okay? He died. He took his very last breath. He was no longer here. It was over. That's what death means. You understand that? Death is complete. Death is final. Death is over when your body dies. But in the same way, Jesus rose. See, Jesus was dead, but the Bible says he came back of his own power. The Bible says he overcame the odds, that he was dead and now is alive, and he will never die again, okay? Jesus resurrected himself to live again and to conquer the grave, Look in verse number six. The Bible says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. You know, some of us, we, we come into church and uh, you profess to be saved. I, would, I believe most of you would say, I know Christ is my Savior I I know he's mine. I know he died for me. I know he was buried. I know he raised from the dead. And I believe that. And my faith is in him. Listen, sometimes though, we don't believe what the Bible says. In verse number six, the Bible says, our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. Your old man is your old way of living. The sins you used to have. Now, answer this question for me. When you get saved, do you still have a sinful body? You do. See, when you get saved, the sin is still present in your body, but the Bible says that you are spiritually alive, that you have an ability not to sin now. See, he says here, though, that your old man is crucified. What that means is that sinful nature that you have, the Bible says it has, in a spiritual reality, been killed and died with Jesus when Jesus died. See, some of us say, I'm just always going to be this way. You know, we have that besetting sin, that one habit, that one thing that you define yourself by. This is just who I am. This is just the way I am. I've always been this way, and I always will be this way. Maybe you have other people that label you and say, listen, that's just how they are. The truth of the scripture is that your old man, who you were before Christ, it has died. That old nature, that old sinful flesh has died with Christ. But the Bible also says in the same verse, uh, well, it said in verse number five that not only have, has our old nature been killed with Christ, has died, but we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. See, your old man is dead. That's no longer you. And, and in verse number six, the Bible says, so that henceforth we should not serve sin. Henceforth is one of those Bible words. We don't use it a lot, but it's a word that means from now on. 
Do you understand that you used to be a certain way? But when you meet Christ, he makes it possible for you to put your old man in the past and do something different from now on. Do you understand that? From now on. It's a, it's a fork in the road. It's a place where you, you say, I'm no longer going to be that way. And he set you free to be different. Verse number seven says, for he that is dead is freed from sin. What that means is if you have believed on Christ, you are dead. And because you are dead in Christ, you are free from your sin. It no longer has a hold on you. Maybe you have believed a lie enough to say that this is how I am. This is what I have to deal with. But the Bible says that if you're dead with Christ, you're free. Can you say with me, I'm free? I'm free. Do you believe that you're free? The Bible says that if you're dead with Christ, you are free. Verse number eight, now if we be dead with Christ, which we believe that, we believe that we shall also live with him. Everything you were, everything that you regret, all of your past, that sinful nature, that person is dead in the past and you're free from that. You don't ever have to go back that way anymore because of Christ. But in the same way that you're free, and in the same way that we're going to represent it while these people come up out of the water, the Bible says we have a new life. Even so then, also walk in newness of life. Verse number nine, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, why do we continue in the sin that we're freed from? Why do we stay in bondage? It's, it's just like the song that we heard. I am who he says I am. See, we believe what the Bible says. So many times we just simply believe lies. We believe the lie that says I am who I was or I am who I've always been. That's not the truth according to the Bible. The Bible says that you're going to be transformed in your spiritual life by the renewing of your mind. That, that through God's word, he's going to teach you things that you didn't know that you should know, so that's going to free you and transform you. And one of those truths is the fact that your old man is crucified. You are dead to sin and alive to God. And the verse says here in verse 11, because this is the case, reckon Ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. Uh, anyone uh, ever have family that uses that word reckon? Yeah? You're southern, okay? Uh, we call that hillbilly uh, language. Uh, that's, that's a word, reckon. That's like I remember. But that's not the word here. That I reckon, I, you know, I remember, I think so. Reckon is a word that means I believe it to be true. I believe it to be true. It's like an accounting term, like this is applied to the account. It is a take it to the bank. I believe it to be true. And the Bible says, listen, Christians, um, are we supposed to continue in our sin? God forbid. Don't you know that Jesus died and that when he died, you died with him? Your sin, it's, it's your old man. It's, it's there in the grave. It's with him. And he has allowed you because you died to be free. And he's allowed you to walk with a new life. And Paul just encourages the church, and I'm going to encourage you too, reckon, reckon it to be so. Believe it. Believe it. Listen, um, 
Jesus physically died to the world and you are united with him and you are dead to the world and to the sin. The past really is in the past, okay? Some of us can't get past that, you know, that it's gone, it's, it's over with. Yesterday really did end. And the past is not in the past because we're simply deciding to turn over a new leaf. It's because Jesus has spiritually made us alive again. He spiritually freed us. But often we don't believe. We don't believe this truth. We have regret. It's one of the worst things you can ever have. Some of us walk around with regret. We take it to work with us. We take it to every family meeting. Everything we go to, we're just carrying this regret. And it weighs us down. says we're no good. We can't be good. We're we're always going to feel this way. Listen, Jesus said you are free. Your old man is crucified. Believe it. Believe it to be so. You have a new life in Christ. Many of us have shame from things that we've done or things that were done to us. And the Bible says, listen, when you meet Christ, your old man is crucified. Reckon it to be so. That's the past. Leave it there and walk in the new life God has given you. He's freed you from that. Listen, you are free from your past. You're no longer stuck there. You understand? You don't have to stay where you are. If you believe in Christ, he can set you free. Does anybody believe that? Amen. Listen, we, we preach it. We have recovery groups and we, have, we sing about it, but you have to believe it. The Bible says that you need to reckon yourself also to be dead unto sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Your past is in the past and you have been given a new life. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, meaning I'm alive today, but it's not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, we're going to have our baptism service here in a few moments. And these people, as you watch them, I want you to know that the water is simply water from Columbus, okay? It's simply water. It's normal water. It's not holy water. It doesn't wash away any sin. But they're going to get in there, and they're going to signify something that happened to them spiritually, that Jesus Christ came into their life, and he has taken their old man, and it's dead. Listen, if you're getting baptized today, I want you to know that who you were is not who you are today. Do you understand that? Who you were is not who you are today, that your old man is crucified, is dead with Christ, and God has freed you to walk in newness of life. And that water is just a picture to say, listen, this is me. I've, I've identified with Christ, and I'm putting my old life in the past, and I'm being raised to walk in newness of life. The past is the past. We have been given new life. But here's where the action step comes in. You have a move to make. You know, the Bible says that these things are true. But the Bible also says you need to reckon it to be true. You understand? Anybody can know about Jesus and that he died for them. It's, it's possible that you can know. The devil knows that Jesus died on the cross, that Jesus was buried, that Jesus rose from the dead. It's a different thing to actually place your faith in Christ and be saved. Do you understand? You with me on that? And the same is true. It's one thing to know, oh yeah, I know Christ has freed me. It's another thing to live that way and to choose. The Bible says in Romans uh, chapter 6, verse 12, if you, if you skip down there, 
the Bible says, let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body. Anytime the Bible says the word let, it's indicating to you that you have an ability to choose. God gives us this huge responsibility when it comes to the scripture. We can choose to follow it or not. We can choose to place our faith in it or not. And the Bible says, let, it's your choice. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Meaning, some of us, we are allowing our sin to rule our lives. We're allowing it to tell us what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and we're letting sin reign, but we don't have to. Verse 13 says, neither yield. That same idea of submitting yourself to, allowing it to have the right of way. Don't yield yourselves, ye your members, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. The Bible uses this word instrument, right? Uh, Does anyone in here play a, a musical instrument? Okay, uh, you, you, the instrument is, you, you, you know, the noise that's coming out of it. I don't play an instrument. I can play a guitar, sort of. I'm not very good. But the idea is that it, it only acts in the hand of whoever's playing it, right? Uh, Pastor Dave, uh, if you all saw his incredible display in the lobby for Vacation Bible School, uh, he uses instruments or tools. Um, who in here can just identify with me because I feel alone? You don't use tools? Like, what is a tool, Right. Um, please don't get me tools for my birthday or for Christmas or anything like that because I don't know how to use it. And uh, the tool, that, that's, that's the illustration here, an instrument, that's the illustration here. The Bible says that you, your body is an instrument or your body is a tool and you get to choose who uses you. The Bible says you can either yield yourself as a tool to have unrighteousness unto sin Listen, if you want to, you can continue to give your time and your energy and your money and your skills and your ability over to your sin. Or the Bible says you've been given a brand new life. And if you so choose, you can yield yourself unto God. Listen, every one of us has strength. Every one of us has breath. Every one of you has skill personality. You have influence over other people. God has given you money. God has given you time, and he has given you energy. And this is the the tool bag, the, the instrument that you have to offer. And you can take those things, God said, and you can let your sin use it. Allow it to work unrighteousness. Or God says, listen, I've freed you. You're dead. Your sin, your old man is dead with Christ. I'm going to free you to walk in newness of life. Will you make the move and give it all to me? That's the question. See, that's what baptism is all about. It's it's people saying, you know what? I am choosing today to decide and publicly declare that I am no longer going to be myself a tool of sin, but I am going to yield myself entirely and completely to Jesus Christ. Listen, that's what we all get to do. We all have this move to make. God says that he has done everything necessary. Your old man is dead. You have a new life with Christ, but you get to choose who is going to use you. Are you going to continue to serve your sin? Or are you going to choose 
to serve God and serve him in righteousness. Listen, uh, we're going we're gonna to bring this uh, to a close here. Uh, there's a couple decisions you need to make today. Number one, maybe you're here today and you've never, ever received Jesus as your Savior. See, those that are getting baptized today, I know a majority of us in here as well, we have come to realize that God took the first step. He had his turn. The Bible says Jesus loved us even when we were sinners. You think of the worst thing you've ever done, the worst thing you've ever said, the regrets that you have. The Bible said that even when you were doing those things, God loved you. And the Bible says that God came to this earth and Jesus Christ lived a perfect life so that he could die on the cross for your sin. We saw several weeks ago at Easter that Jesus died. He was buried. The Bible says he raised from the dead. And maybe today you need to believe that truth. The Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that you can also be dead with Christ and raised to walk with newness of life. You follow me? You can put your past in the past. So decision number one, maybe today you need to decide to repent and believe on Jesus Christ. And you know if that's your decision today to make. Second decision, Christians today, you need to decide to acknowledge that you are free. Listen, we should not come into church and, and we, we sing songs and so many times we can't sing the songs because we're bound in our sin. We're stuck. We feel stuck. Romans chapter 6, the whole reason it was written was to tell you, you are no longer stuck where you are. You no longer have to do what you've been doing. You no longer have to be who you believed you are, that you are dead with Christ and because of him, you have a new life. Walk in newness of life. That's your decision, to walk in newness of life, to yield yourself to God, to refuse to yield to sin and completely abandon yourself to God. What's your decision today?